what my plan is, is to try to reach bigger audiences. Now, you know, if I were just stand up in front of people and say, look, you got to move more, you know, that's probably not going to get the attention of people. But what I've done is I've tried to make my speaking engagements fun. You know, I've tried to make them interactive, get the audience involved. And I use stories and examples, personal stories to get into your world and tie this into your world a little bit. Welcome. You are listening to the Hero of the Hour podcast, the show dedicated to empowering you to take financial freedom into your own hands. Through expert interviews with decades of experience, this show will give you not only the tactical strategies of what's working in business, but the appropriate mindsets to master your financial future and build generational wealth. Heroes and entrepreneurs operate with a similar anything is possible mentality, and that is exactly what our show is about. Your host is none other than Mark B. Murphy, CEO of Northeast Private Client Group and best-selling author of three books, all dedicated to helping others plan for generational wealth. He and his team are on a mission to share their knowledge and techniques so that others can enjoy a life of financial security and freedom. Get ready to be inspired to create the life of your dreams. Let's go. In today's discussion, Mark Murphy engages in a conversation with James Walter, a true hero who's revolutionizing lives through his impactful message on health and healthcare. James Walter's journey began with a personal tragedy. As he witnessed his father's early passing, spurring him on a mission to empower individuals to take charge of their own well-being. His passion for preserving health and preventing diseases has led him to become a fervent advocate for a healthier lifestyle. During this episode, discover the profound correlation between exercise and its role in mitigating chronic health conditions, such as high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and diabetes. James shares compelling insights on how even the smallest changes in daily physical activity can yield significant improvements in overall health. Uncover the revelation that exercise is a potent form of medicine, potentially circumventing the necessity for multiple medications and their associated side effects. James recounts his experiences addressing diverse audiences nationwide imparting his wisdom and motivating others to prioritize their health and wellness. Join us for an engaging conversation as James Walter emphasizes the paramount importance of preserving health while achieving a balanced life. Gain practical insights on making small yet impactful changes that pave the way for substantial enhancements in your overall well-being. Hello, everybody. This is Mark Murphy, founder and CEO of Northeast Private Client Group and author uh, of my third book, uh, The Ultimate Investment, which is uh, in stores and and on social media, you know, and uh, Barnes and Noble and Amazon and, and airports all over the country. But I'm not here to talk about that today. I'm here to talk to my good friend, Jim Walter. Uh, Jim has an incredibly powerful message about health and healthcare with his science background. And Jim and I have been friends for for many, many years. Jim, welcome to the uh, podcast. Thanks, Mark. It's an honor and a pleasure to be here. Jim, uh, you know, I call this uh, podcast the Hero of the Hour podcast because I only invite people here that are either personal heroes to me 
or are heroes to other people. And clearly with the work you're doing, you're a hero to an awful lot of folks. So I always like to start the podcast by asking either, you know, who are some of your heroes or or how do you define a hero? Yeah. So thank you, Mark. Um, you know, I think the, the way I would like to define a hero is, is someone who has an impact on other people's lives, right? We think about the military, we think about our first responders, in some way they help people's lives, but they're not the only ones. There's a lot of other people. And, you know, for me, the personal side of things, unfortunately, it was very short lived, but my father was. Now, my father died when I was 13 years old. I had a one-year-old sister at the time, so I'm part of a large family. And he was only 45 years old. And so, you know, I went on then when I went into college to, to look to direct my education towards ways where I could ideally help other kids, other families not have to live through things like we did. And so that's where I pursued this passion in, in exercise or cardiovascular exercise physiology, because there's a lot of ways in that if you can get people to take more responsibility for their own health, that you can drive them towards what I call preserving your health, right? If you think about it, except for an unfortunate few, most people are born into this world with good health. And I think it's our responsibility to preserve that, not let it get away from us. And, and too often we do, you know, we get too busy. Um, we let life get in the way. And then, you know, we just think, okay, well, I'm part of the healthcare system. That'll take care of me. And it doesn't. You know, you have your health 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and you see a healthcare professional once a year, twice a year, a little bit more if you have chronic conditions. And so if you think about it that way, then it's up to us to take more responsibility for their own, our own health. And that's really the main message that I want to get out to try, you know, um, as a way that if we define hero as somebody that can then help other people, you know, that's I don't know that I would call myself a hero, but but that's what I would like to be able to do. I mean, you've spent a lifetime in the pharma industry uh, with medical affairs, with other things. How's that kind of shaped how, how you look at things? Yeah, no, that's an important question because so I started my career, the first 10 years of my career, I was involved with a preventive and rehabilitative cardiology program. And I love doing that. I was working directly with the patient's who had had severe heart problems, heart attacks, heart failure, heart transplants, and then helping them recover so they could become a functional part of society after such a traumatic event. Uh, and then for circumstances, I transitioned into the pharmaceutical world, and, and that has posed its own uh, challenges in a positive way, its own learning. And But what you learn and and what the pharmaceutical company does is provide treatments, most of them, that are to deal with the problems and the symptoms that people have. And that's great because there's lots of people who need this kind of attention. But if people looked more to preserve their own health, take more responsibility for it, you know, you could avoid potentially, not absolutely, but potentially the need for drugs. I mean, if you look at our major chronic health issues today, high blood pressure, 
high cholesterol, diabetes. If you look at the way they're labeled within the medical world, they're all labeled as lifestyle kinds of diseases. And, you know, if you had all three of those, you're on at least three different medications. A medication for hypertension doesn't help with your diabetes. So you're on at least three of those. And then, as you probably know, you know, with taking medication comes the potential risk of side effects. So if you look at studies and research, you'll see, um, and when I give talks to people, I put those chronic conditions up on a slide and I put the classes of medications that are associated with them. But then in the third column, I put something that can have a positive impact on all of them, and that's exercise. So if people are willing, and, and exercise sometimes is hard. Sometimes it requires time. If you go by the guidance from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, they define exercise as 150 minutes of moderate to vigorous physical activity during the week. And for a lot of people, that's hard to find that time. But what I like to try to encourage people to do is just to simply move more, you know, to, to, to build more movement into their, into their day. And there are a lot of recent studies that have shown the positive benefits of that in and of itself. And then by moving more, you know, maybe then you'll be able to take a gradual step to then be able to do physical activity. But to so go from- they, So you're, you're saying, Jim, it's not only, it's, yeah, what I, when I first heard this, I thought you were talking about people are so busy, they can't find the time. But you're saying people get to a place where because of pain and inertia of, of no inertia, they just don't have the physical ability to go for a brisk walk or to get on an elliptical machine or go to the gym or that kind of thing. No, 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 I'm not saying. Well, some people do get to that point, yeah. right? And so then if we were to ask those people to start next week doing 150 minutes, so let's just say 30 minutes a day, five days a week, you know, that would be asked, like asking somebody who's in really good physical shape, me, for example, to go to Nepal next week and climb Mount Everest. I'm not ready for that. And so we ask people then to do 150 minutes and they're not ready for that. So I'm not going to go to Nepal next week and climb Mount Everest. So people then just don't begin to exercise. But then if they look at their day and they say, well, look, I don't even have time to move. I'm too busy, right? I, I got to work all day. I come home. I got to take the kids to their sporting events and then come home, help them with their homework and then off to bed. When am I supposed to move? There is where there's a lot of opportunity. And I'll give you a, a specific example for that. Right. Um, a lot of times we go into things and we place self-conceived barriers on them. So you're taking your 11 or 12 year old to their soccer practice. Right. And remember, you're saying, I have no time to be physically active during the day. But then and you sit there in your lawn chair at soccer practice and don't do anything. Why? Why? You've got an hour that you can be walking around the field, still watching your child play soccer, baseball, softball, whatever it is. But now you're building that movement into your day. And you're not needing to have to find additional time. And there's a lot of examples that I like to give when I talk to people about ways that they can do it because we just place these barriers. And in the presentation I give, I say, have you ever been to a field and seen a sign that says parents are forbidden from walking around the 
field while their children are practicing. You must sit still in your lawn chair and not move for any reason. You've never seen a sign like that. But we place those kinds of barriers on ourselves, and therefore, we don't have time to move. And that's what we can change. That, well, obviously just takes a little bit of intentionality, a little bit of consciousness. You know, one of the things I always like to talk to you about, I know you've presented in, in, in front of big, big and small groups all over the country. Hey, you know, do you want to share any, any, any stories, any, uh, any experiences about uh, all the speaking you've done all over the country? Well, yeah. I mean, I guess probably the thing that was the biggest honor for me, and it wasn't about this topic, but, and since we're in graduation season, I guess it's, it's relevant is, is that, um, it was a number of years ago, but I was given a distinguished alumni award from the university of Delaware. So I, that's where I did my undergraduate and my master's degrees. And so my professor from the university of Delaware was on my dissertation committee, which I did from Temple university. Right. And, you know, I did a, a rather unique study with heart transplant patients years ago when heart transplantation was in its early days and stuff like that. And from that work that he kept track of and stuff, he nominated for me this award at the University of Delaware. So I got to speak to the commencement, not of the whole university, but of the College of Health Sciences. And that was just a true honor to be able to sit there in front of students who were graduating with a degree similar to mine that were going to make hopefully make a change and make a difference and try to inspire and motivate them to reach out to people. So that, that's probably one of the most memorable. I've done a lot of smaller ones at cardiac rehabilitation and prevention kind of things. Um, but yeah, I guess going back to your alma mater for such an honor was one that really sticks out for me. That's, that's, that's pretty cool. You know, yeah, I, I know you have a goal of reaching a much broader, much larger audience with your this message. I know you get to speak a lot. What what's the plan in place? Because I I don't think your message is uh, controversial at all. I just uh, I I think it's something that's that that could virtually help every every person. What's your plan? Yeah, and and that is the challenge, right? Because what I'm also talking about, it's not new. It's not unique. You know, it's not something that we haven't known about. Um, but my what my plan is, is to try to reach bigger audiences. Now, you know, if I were just stand up in front of people and say, look, you got to move more, you know, that's probably not going to get the attention of people. But what I've done is I've tried to make my speaking engagements fun. You know, I've tried to make them interactive, get the audience involved. And I use stories and examples, personal stories, um, you know, to, to get into your world and tie this into your world a little bit. You know, one of my greatest life lessons was learned when I was 12 years old. So remember, I said my father died when I was 13. But when I was 12, we didn't know that, you know, within a year to 18 months, he was going to pass away. And I wanted to get a boat, a real boat, not, not a rowboat, not a remote control boat, a real boat. And this was a different era uh, at a time when my family had grown up on boats and stuff like that. And so my father said, sure, you can get a boat. You're going to pay for it. So he got a loan for me and I had to make monthly payments for that boat. But what the message that I learned from that, the story that I learned from that is, is if you want something, you have to work for it. 
And I, the reason I got the boat is because down where I grew up in South Jersey by Atlantic City, uh, what a lot of young men did down in those days is we went out in the bays and we went clamming to make money. And, you know, you clam the way we did it by walking in the water and trying to feel clams in the mud with your feet. And you'll catch more clams based on how much square footage you cover. Now, I say that because you could go out in the bay and just kind of gradually walk around and take your time. And when you feel a clam, pick it up and stuff like that. Or you can work hard. And the harder you work, the more money you're going to make catching clams. And so I tell that story because I actually use that story when I speak to people um, because it sort of primes them for the fact that then here it is a year later and my father's passing away. Right. And so um, and, and then why did he pass away? You know, he passed away. He, he was a small business owner. Right. I suppose the fact I didn't give this specific number, but I suppose the fact that raising eight kids caused a little bit of stress that that contributed to his early death. But because of all of his busy day, he was not very physically active. And so that's what has driven me to this message. And that's what I'm trying to get when I get out and speak to people. But again, I try to do it with fun, fun stories, some examples of things um, that, that help people to realize that you've got barriers like not seeing that you can walk around the field while, you're, while your child is practicing, but they don't really exist. They're just put there based on the way other people do things. And those are the kinds of things that I try to break down, you know, when I talk to these audiences. Have you noticed that life is getting more and more expensive? From grocery prices to real estate values, everywhere you turn, prices seem to be skyrocketing. Well, Mark has dedicated decades of his career and life to serving entrepreneurs and professionals to build real wealth, and in most cases, multi-generational wealth. The reality is, we all have to navigate turbulent times in this economy, but the difference will be for those that have a roadmap and a customized plan for building wealth. That's why, as a listener to this podcast, we are so excited to share with you first access to Mark's newest book, The Ultimate Investment, a roadmap to grow your business and build multi-generational wealth. When you access this book, you'll discover how to know when you're working a job instead of a business. That hard work isn't all about hours put in. This will make you more productive. Why you need to live with your back against a wall. How to surround yourself with the right people who support your vision. And so much more. Go to www.markbmurphy.com forward slash book to get access now. Once again, go to www.markbmurphy.com forward slash book. And now, back to the show. It's, it's funny, you're, uh, you've inspired me a little bit because I'm now trying to convince myself, I forget sometimes, but I then get back on the horse, is every time I get up and go to the bathroom or get a cup of tea or go to somebody else's office, I try to either do... Uh, 20, 20 deep knee bends or, or 10 pushups, you know, just, just before I leave yeah. and, and just figure if I can do that, you know, eight times a day, that's, I'm a hell of a lot, lot ahead. Then if I'm just sitting on my, uh, you know, backside, just talking to you all day. 
And then again, let's bring the money factor into it, right? We invest money to get that compounding effect, right? And if you do these little things, listen, walking to the bathroom, and I just recently gave a talk, you know, for where I work right now recently. And one of the things I encourage people, the building that we're in is four floors high and we're, our department is on the third floor. And I encourage people, look, use a different bathroom in the building every single time. Don't, don't go to the same one. And, and if you do that, it's not going to require you to stay later in the day, right? That you're not going to say, okay, you know, I took a minute and a half and I've counted, you know, for me to use a bathroom, just a, a close one, but just not the one that's closest to my work area. It's in the next building. You know, it's 175 steps each way. So that's 350. Now, does that 350 steps make a difference in your health? No, it doesn't. But if you do that two or three times a day, every day of the week, throughout the, the entire year, you've got that compounding effect that at the end of the year, just by that thing in and of itself, you might have added an additional 30,000 steps to your year. And that's just one thing. If you do a lot of different things, right, when you go out to get your, if you still get a newspaper, I've, I've used this example and people are telling me, Jim, people don't get newspapers anymore. They read them digitally. If you get a newspaper and let's say it's, it's delivered on the side of your house, right at the end of your driveway, instead of going out the side door, you know, go out your front door and then walk around the sidewalk. It, it takes an extra 15 seconds maybe to do that, no time in your day, but you might add an additional 50 or 75 steps. You do that every day throughout the year, you're adding up steps. And if you do five or six or seven or eight of these things, just as part of your day, and that's, I, I try to give people examples. Do you know why? We don't think of them ourselves. Sometimes we need to be given permission to do that. When I've told people about you know, sitting in, in their lawn chair, walking their their son or daughter at their at their soccer or baseball practice, they're like, I never thought of that. And it's because we just put these barriers on. So that's what I'm trying to do is, is break down those barriers and tell people. And so I tell people, try to use every bathroom during the course of the week, try to use every bathroom in our building. As, as the president and founder of the Institute for the uh, Preservation of Health, uh, you obviously have incredible passion for what you do. You know, I, I've always thought that, you know, some people think that there is a trade-off that if you want to create wealth, you have to sacrifice health or you have to sacrifice purpose or you have to sacrifice love or one or the other. Right. And I, th and I hear your message is that you can have it all. And sometimes it may get a little out of, out, balance, out of balance, but if you do things on a consistent basis, uh, you'll get them all in balance and health being the one that you focus on the most. And yeah, and you can do it. You can do it. That, that's my point. You can do this without having to find an additional hour a day to do it. You know, um, if you use all of these different bathrooms, if you park your car a little bit further, you know, we say the other example, take the, the, uh, the steps instead of the elevator. And then somebody says to me, well, Jim, I work on the 22nd floor. I'm not walking up 22 flights of stairs. There's the barrier again. Well, how about if you take the elevator to the 20th floor and then get off and walk up two flights of stairs and do that for a month and then get off at the 19th floor? And it's like, oh, okay, I guess I can do that. 
but we just don't think of those on our own, right? But yes, you can have it all. And in fact, you know, uh, I've, I've debated about whether to, to talk about this in talks because I don't want to give off the wrong message. But if you think about it, um, you know, what is most important? Is it your wealth? Is it your spouse, family, children? Is it your dog or cat, you know, to really stretch and stuff like that? And look, all of those are important. And, and let everybody have what they want to put as their most important. But what I want to challenge people with is the fact that if you've got that and you haven't taken care of your health, for these things that are important to you, you then may become a burden to them when your health deteriorates. If, in fact, you get to that point. And that's why I intentionally use the word preservation of health, you know, in the company that I've started, because you've got this gift. You've got it. And so rather than having to rehabilitate it, you know, or corrected by surgery, can we do the best we can just to preserve it? Let me just share with you one thing. Um, it was about five or six weeks ago. So when I drive, I don't listen too much to music. I listen to a lot to news radio. And here in the Philadelphia area, we've got KYW news radio. So there's the medical report that's given there. And there was a report just said uh, about five weeks ago that said in the 1960s, 5%, 5% of our kids and teens were labeled as obese. Today, that number is 20%. And in less than 30 years, by 2050, that number can become 50%. Half of our kids and teens could be obese by 2050. We just simply can't let that happen. Yeah, no, I, I even I see, even even my kids who are, who are in pretty good uh, physical shape, they still spend too many hours playing, playing Xbox or playing computer games yeah. or sedentary things that are, are just, just not helpful. I think this stuff is really helpful. If people want to want to get a hold of you, or they want to talk to you more about these issues. What are some other topics that you're passionate about, or other things that they could, uh, you know, you, you talk to groups about all the time? The niche that I'm trying to to give to people is this concept about building more activity into your day, right? But then I can broaden that. So I look at it this way. So let me let me give you. I'm a scientist, so I have to give you some data, right? Um, and I just gave you some from the from the medical report. But in 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 2020, just three years ago, the Mayo Clinic Proceedings, which is a pretty prestigious uh, scientific organization, released some data that by just throughout the day, by just going from sitting to standing, can result in reductions in fasting blood sugar and body fat mass. Now that's not just standing one time. That's just you know going up and down and and not so so right now during this thing I'm sitting here at my standing desk, standing here at my standing desk talking to you. Um, and by the way, standing all day is not good for you either. So sitting is is appropriate in time. So that, that that's what I say is good. You know, going from sitting to standing, and then um, just last year in the Journal of the American Medical Association, people who added an additional 2,000 steps per day, you know, up to a total of 10,000. Those that were more active resulted in fewer deaths and heart disease and cancer than those that didn't. 
And then the final part would be what I already alluded to is, is exercise. You know, exercise is arguably the most powerful form of medicine known to mankind. And if people were to utilize it appropriately, it would be the biggest step that they can take towards taking care of and preserving their own health. So that's the answer to your question is I I can speak to people across a broad spectrum of things that they can do. And and you might say, well, Jim, your, your niche is, you know, this physical activity thing. So maybe it's not appropriate for athletes or people that are, you know, more physically active. And I would argue otherwise. And I argue otherwise is because I've been an athlete you know, my whole life. And there was a period of time that I had Achilles tendonitis in both of my heels for five years. Right. And so my point is, is that sometimes athletes are going to get injured. And when you're injured, it's not when you want to start building better habits into your day. You want to have these habits, as I said, starting early in, you know, in our kids and our teens and our youth. Um, so that if you do get hurt and you're recovering from an injury, you know, you can still at least remain physically active during that period of time until you then you're ready. So the message can really be applied to anybody. Well, uh, it's, you've got a very powerful message. I want to thank you for taking time out of your busy day. And, uh, you know, I think it's a, it's a universal message and, and been have you on happy to continue to support your cause and, just make a whole lot more people healthy. And just thank you so much. Thank you, my friend. Mark, thank you. Um, yeah, as you well know, every step you can take to touch somebody, hopefully somebody will hear the message and say, you know, maybe I want to talk to that guy because he might be good for our organization and stuff like that. And, you know, that's what I'm trying to do because you can get the best momentum from things by people that hear your message and can believe in it. So I thank you for this opportunity to, to begin. I also, I also think it's so refreshing that it comes from a guy who comes from big pharma, you know, yeah. and, and a guy and, and the big pharma is, is supporting this, this, this type of work. That's even more encouraging. That's even as encouraging to me as everything else you talked about. Thanks, Jim. I will talk to you soon. All right, Mark. Thanks. All right, bye-bye. bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed the episode today on the hero of the hour podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe on whichever platform you are listening to this on. If this episode made you think of someone, go ahead, take a screenshot and share the podcast episode with them. You can catch the show notes for this episode and more at www.markbmurphy.com forward slash podcast. Be sure to check out the other great books and resources on the website while you're there. Once again, it's www.markbmurphy.com forward slash podcast. All links can be found in the description below. We look forward to serving you on the next episode. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by PAS or Guardian, and opinions stated are their own. Registered Representative and Financial Advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS. OSJ, 200 Broad Hollow Road, Suite 405, Melville, New York, 11747, 631-589-5400. Securities products and advisory services offered through PAS, member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. 
Northeast Private Client Group is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. California Insurance License Number 0B36048. Arkansas Insurance License Number 741545. Expiration and submission numbers located in the show notes.